Oh, look at that. I knew something about a punk band. Just some old fat drunk dudes jumping up and down. <laughs> this tree just planted itself right on top of the cement. I did watch a YouTube video today. My dad mashed potatoes of Enema Chris Carava. Aaron doesn't know who Chris Carava <laughs> is. It's so good. That's great. Welcome back, listeners. Uh, we're excited to uh, introduce this. Good job, Aaron. He got distracted, distracted because me. he got distracted because Mike held up a shot glass. He's yep. he hasn't drank it, but he's just holding it up, teasing us. All right, let's there start over. He's kicking it back. <laughs> Welcome back, listeners. We're excited to introduce this episode to you. Uh, we got another great one and some stuff about punk rock and what we're listening to. I get the impression you're not happy with that, Aaron. <laughs> what makes you it was, think that? Uh, it was the way that you were just leaning away from your microphone as you yeah. continued to talk, and you just were like... Mm. Mm-hmm. I thought he was doing it because as he was leaning back, he was also flexing pretty hard. No, I was stretching, not and flexing. And as we have documented well on the show, Aaron is... A beefcake. I just want to make it clear that we shouldn't edit edit out any of these intros that didn't go quite as planned. I think this still is the intro. Just keep going. Yeah, even when we talk about the intro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we leave it on. Yeah. And when you hit your microphone and it makes a loud noise. Was that yeah. me? Yeah. Did I bump it? No, it was Aaron. Oh. He's like, let me just flex my bicep. I didn't hit my microphone. I did just now. <laughs> this is the top quality stuff that we know you're here for. Mm-hmm. Anyways, yep. let's... Uh, yeah, Aaron Mitch, we, we do have something pretty exciting for this episode. Um, we have a guest that we'll be uh, talking with in a little bit. But as always, uh, just, just a brief conversation about what's been on the playlist. I want to go first um, for a couple reasons. I have two things that I have just been listening to over and over and over. I want to say I appreciate this, Jesse. I I want to commend you for your selfless act. Of going first. Yes. The first will not be last. The first will be first. Praise the Lord. Uh, uh, I think I... Did I do that right? I don't know, Jesse. You're not... Like, did you He's trying to cross correctly? himself. You guys can't see it. Jesse was trying to cross himself. I did like my shoulders and my head I don't <laughs> or your heart and then like a kiss to the sky or something. Is that right? Uh, I, I, whatever, man. You, can I phone a friend and ask go him? First, Jesse, talk about music, something you actually know something about. Nice. Okay. So I've been listening to just two things over and over for a couple of weeks now. The first one was just one of our most recent episodes. We, we talked with Jeremiah and Joe from Slick Shoes and I just can't stop listening to their newest record. Um, it's called Rotation and Frequency. Um, it is just great. There is so much unbelievable punk guitar. I would even say like skate punk guitar coming from Jackson. He just, oh my gosh, <laughs> he's incredible. <laughs> like, you're having another moment, dude. We already did the episode, Jesse. We already did the episode. I know, but but when we first talked to them, I hadn't listened to it very much. And since we talked to them, I've listened to it over and over. The full record, at least 
two dozen times. And that's not an exaggeration. I keep listening to it over and over. Okay, so that's the first thing. And then the second thing, I didn't start listening to this because of this episode. Our guest is going to be, I don't, uh, cat's out of the bag. It's going to be Jake Kylie from the band Strung Out. Strung Out is not a band that I have been into for very much time. In fact, even when we were talking with Jake uh, a week or so back or two, I don't remember how long ago it was, but um, I I had only really listened to their newest record um, called Songs of Armor and Devotion. Aaron recommended it to me a while back and I, I gave it a try and I definitely, I really liked it, but Strung Out still wasn't a band that I would say I was a big fan of. They've been going for 20 plus years. However, I never gave them any of my time, but the album that I've been listening to over and over actually isn't Songs of Armor and Devotion. It's their record that came out before that, Transmission Alpha Delta, which I cannot stop listening to. It's literally over and over, but the whole record is fantastic. A few of my favorite songs are uh, Spanish Days, Nowheresville, Go It Alone, West Coast Trend Kill, Black Maps. There's just song after song that just hit just perfectly for me. I really, really love it. How about you, Mike? Um, I have been listening to quite a bit of music. Uh, I've been jumping around a lot. So I've been listening to a little bit of hip hop. I've been listening to um, some some stuff that's kind of prepping for some upcoming episodes again. I've kind of like, that's been part of my stream of music is just like some bands or people that we might, you know, have on the show. Um, but a song that I have been listening to, a single song, <clears throat> and actually uh talked about this artist before on the show a little bit um kind of comes from like the fringe of the punk world um kind of the alternative punk scene of the 90s um and uh, a friend of our show um aaron who uh has his own show called the gear slum uh it's, it's a podcast about guitar equipment um and a guy that i grew up with in my hometown um played like what I thought was just like a soulful version of the song uh, Strange Negotiations. It's a David Bazan song. Um, and he, he played like this simple cover of it like on Facebook Live and Instagram Live, I think. And uh, it just nailed me um, because he was kind of singing it in the, I think wake is the right word. We often think of a wake as like a sad thing, but I'm thinking like a boat. <laughs> just the wake after um our our recent election um and, and the song was written years ago um but really the perspective in it is this tension between like how we deal with something that we are so maybe even feel avarice toward or we, we are so against um and there's this there's this one line in the song and the first the first uh verse at the beginning of the song you blew all your inheritance and now you're trying to pin the blame on me and this is like so fascinating and i could write you off so easily except a hundred million other people agree um and there's like i think in the wake of the election and a change in administration in our country um and celebration from some and anger from others um it's just, you know, the tension, the negotiation when there are so many people. It's not an idea 
that we are thinking against or believing against. It's an idea that a hundred million other people are completely behind. Um, and how difficult it is to negotiate our way of being like human together, how difficult that is. So I've been loving that track, listen to it a lot. I've been playing it myself, kind of noodling around. So thank you, Aaron from Gear Slum. Um, you inspired a few nights of me and my acoustic guitar. Wolf, Aaron. Uh, that's me. So um, my music listening has actually gone down recently because i started a new job and yeah so i'm not sitting around applying to jobs and listening to music at the same time right now but i do have a uh like a 30 minute commute to this job um so i take our older smaller car which doesn't have the bluetooth um hookup so i'm kind of limited to cds and uh I happen to have strung out songs of armor and devotion already in the CD player in that. And I just keep playing it over and over and over again. And I keep liking it more and more and more. So much on that CD, I think, feels a lot more relevant now to, like you were talking about our uh, current election. The whole CD kind of revolves around these dichotomies, right? And like we're sort of living that out, you know, between like the two sides and like people hate the outcome, people love the outcome, you know, it's just... Uh, really crazy time and I'm finding a lot of joy in that CD um, but I've also been listening to uh, a Wilhelm scream quite a bit uh, and yeah just constantly playing that they're a band that I got into maybe a couple years ago after not listening to them when I should have but uh, wait you started listening to them I started after you had not been listening to them before? Yeah. I know that's... I want, uh, to get the, wait, I want to get the chronology correct here, Aaron. Uh -huh. There was a time mm -hmm. when you did not listen to them. <laughs> and then uh, you started listening to them just immediately after that time. Yeah, I wouldn't say just immediately. It was like a slow buildup. This is so stupid. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> you get out of here. No, I don't know. I was, I was fumbling over the wording, but I just feel like they're a band that I would have been into a long, long time ago if I discovered them, um, but I didn't until maybe like three years ago. But they're an awesome band, one of those ones that like kind of blurs the lines of genres and they've got elements of punk and metal and uh, like regular old boring rock and roll in their... <laughs> in well, their we could think of them as like the Robin Thick, the Robin Thick of punk rock with blurred lines. Is that bad enough? Yeah, let's leave it at that. Yeah, yeah it's terrible. And on to our guest. <laughs> well, I, I actually think it's interesting that, uh, I mean, it's a telltale sign. Like we did get to have this recent conversation with Jake Kiley. He gave us a lot of time. Um, it's a super cool conversation. Oh, yeah. 
and it's you know of course we have all been listening to a bunch of strung out because you know we listened to a bunch getting ready for our, our interview with jake and it's inspired even more listening and and now jesse is geeking out on more yeah not me i wasn't listening to it because we had him coming on as a guest i've only been listening to it since after that honestly right so chronologically there was a time i'm kidding i'm not gonna do that uh, that's good um but no uh i do think we should get on to this uh this interview with jay kiley um we talk about the band we talk about history uh i actually really appreciate a lot of his take that you're going to hear about in terms of like how the band approaches songwriting and recording together that's like one thing i think is interesting um, a little bit about the history of the band comes up just lineup changes and how that's affected some things um, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure I brought up um, beer because that's something I bring up with every guest. I feel like I just have to put something in there for craft beer. Yeah, we end up I talking did, did. about beer and a bunch of other stuff. And so we really hope uh, that you all enjoy our interview with Jake Kiley from Strung Out. guys hear me yeah okay cool how's it going good welcome man thank you thanks for having me oh our pleasure yeah um so i'm aaron uh and we have mike and jesse here with us uh, hey what's up guys hey man hey i'm jesse i'm uh, really glad to have you thanks for being here hey right on jesse thanks for having me yeah and for our listeners uh we are joined tonight by um jake kiley uh strung out yeah, <laughs> it's like talk to some people, man. It's been a it's been a slow year. Yeah, I, you guys had a tour that got um, pushed back, right? Oh man, yeah, we had four or five things pretty much totally booked. Tons of shows that were already on sale, sold out, like stuff that you know got pushed back six months and then another six months. And right now, you know, we're looking at hopefully doing stuff in the first half, like maybe the next next april next may but i suspect that that'll all get pushed back till next uh fall you know depending on things yeah um i think the last thing i heard was uh your canadian tour with death by yeah. stereo that um was kind of just postponed right are you guys sticking to that yeah yeah that was all that was like the first thing that got it was like the end of march was when that was supposed to happen and like two weeks before we were supposed to leave everything got put on hold then you know all shows were canceled so or, or postponed so yeah we're, we're hoping to do it with them again but it's, it's so up in the air now and and who knows when everyone will be hopefully there they'll still be available to do it and hopefully the clubs will still be available to do like the routing yeah but you know everything's gonna get switched around we'll we'll, we'll make do with however it works yeah uh, but yeah man, that's crazy dude it's just been weird you know just trying to get through it trying to keep practicing you know <laughs> Yeah. So are you guys able to like get together and practice or, or what? Yeah. Yeah. We were getting together. Like right when it happened, we still kept practicing like a few times a month, like, like once a week at least. And then that kind of fell back to maybe once, twice a month. And, uh, you know, not a lot like, you know, when you don't have any dates in front of you and you don't have a reason, yeah. you know, I'll just, pro I'll just practice guitar at home. I'll, I'll practice all my stuff. I'll go through the songs and I'll, I'll work. I actually do a lot more guitar playing. I feel this year than I would have on a normal year because when you're on the road, you don't really want to play guitar right. outside of being on stage. 
Yeah. You know, it's kind of the last thing I want to do is, is touch that thing. So <laughs> right now I'm actually yeah. playing probably an average of like, I don't know, three or four hours a day. So wow. hopefully we'll all be in really good shape when, uh, when things are back on. Yeah. So kind of my next question was going to be, uh, what, what kind of stuff are you getting into with the quarantine? It sounds like guitar is a thing. So like you doing anything like uh, special with it, you trying to, uh, I don't know, take on any sort of challenge or. Yeah, just kind of, well, actually, actually, yeah. Trying to learn some new techniques for sure. Trying to just, you know, stay in practice, but also, yeah, try to step it up trying to do some like eight finger tapping type of shit like some like night ranger stuff that's a lot of fun but you know you gotta like apply it the right way so just got to uh you know kind of i feel it's cool to have these these techniques down and then however it gets used at least you you can kind of go to it if it it makes sense so just trying to keep motivated and uh we actually have some stuff coming up it looks like we might be doing a live stream here in the next month that uh yes. i can't really say too much about it right now because it's not completely announced but um we'll be doing something it looks like over the next month so we'll we'll put news out in the next couple weeks uh, that's good news. that that's is good news. fantastic news because you know thank you as much as like things really sucked with the shutdown one of the things that we really enjoyed was the uh um instagram playthroughs that you and rob and chris were doing back in like march oh, cool. and april um, yeah yeah that stuff's fun i, I kind of fell out of it i just um like i was saying we all sort of you know stopped practicing with the band a lot and all kind of like just start doing other things to kind of occupy our time so but I'm, I'm gonna start getting back into doing some more of that and uh you know i know rj has been doing some more of that lately which is really cool he, he needs to uh be featured a lot more on on all that so so yeah dude we're, we're just trying to keep it going but um it'll be really cool to do a stream because we miss i mean i haven't played a show with the guys since last november it was like wow. november 20. 23rd or something so was that the uh that wasn't the san diego soma show was it no it was like a few nights after that i think it was like the la uh we did the el rey theater in los angeles so so yeah it was a super fun show and then that was the last thing that we did as a whole group so i think um yeah this is definitely the longest i've ever had off in between shows well i could tell you that like whether it's going to be a live stream or whether you guys get back out on the road uh you will be seeing us at at that event (laughs) thank you that's killer man i'm (laughs) stoked to hear it we appreciate it we can't wait yeah so Jake, you mentioned taking on some new guitar stuff. Is that is there any new music that's kind of that you've been listening to yourself? Yeah, there's always um, some new stuff. Things? You know, either getting back into old things or, or or trying to check out some new things. Um, that band Johnny Booth, they're a hardcore band. Um, I, I thought they're from England, but I think they're from like the East Coast. Those guys are pretty sick. I'm not sure if you guys have heard that. Same thing. Yeah, they're fucking pretty gnarly. Uh, gosh, just like some older shit, just uh, a lot of, like the old Iron Maiden, like the first couple records, which yeah. I always kind of skipped over. Got I've been listening to those a ton, and just I don't know, like just kind of always going back to like your old favorites, but also listening to more like jazz and uh, just kind of throwing on like just different playlists and shit, and and trying to hear something new here and there. Totally, yeah. So our our show kind of kind of focuses on like the genre and where where it's come from where it's going 
and how it's like branched out into all kinds of different kinds of music. Totally. Um, and you guys have kind of like been this thread like through the whole thing. And a lot of people are surprised how long Strung Out's been going. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, it's, it's I just like, <laughs> it probably makes you feel a little crazy. Um, yeah. Like 30, yeah. Yeah, almost 30, um, 30 well, years. Like, I joined the band, yeah. It's like 18 years I've been in the band, or 28 years. Yeah. I mean. That's wild, wild. So, But your playing can, can, comes from like a little bit of a different genre. And you you bring like a kind of a signature style. Oh, thank you. Um, to the music, and I think like it's something. I'm a guitar nerd. Jesse's a guitar nerd. That's awesome. Aaron, Aaron, I think has a ukulele in his closet. I started <laughs> playing my guitar again since the quarantine started. That's been my thing. Okay. Yeah. Right. It's dude, it's a lifesaver yeah. right now. Yeah. Definitely. Um. So I just wanted to know about that, like that that like, and share it with some of the listeners. That history of like you bring in. You know, some and there's like you bring in a chop that like is is different. It's special. Sure. Well, thank um, you very I much. Think, like, we're always trying to like you know put our own little flavor on everything. Everyone wants to add their own two cents on the on the on the song. And if Chris writes uh, all the parts to a song, I'll still play the parts kind of the way I would, and then um, kind of put something in that way. And vice versa, if I write a song, the other guys, you know, will take it and add their own touch to it. So, yeah, you, you have to do that. And I guess early on joining the band, I was kind of like just trying to match what Rob was already doing and the stuff him and Jim were writing, which was pretty advanced for the time. So I was just kind of trying to like fill that, you know, second guitar player role and keep up with that. And then after, you know, a couple of years, then I felt like, okay, I can contribute these things. Like I, I understand the band well enough and where we're going and what we can do to make it a little bit different as well. Like stand on our own a little more. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, I tried to bring a little bit of, you know, definitely a, my metallic kind of sense to it, but the band was already kind of a metallic flavored punk thing anyways. So it, uh, you know, it, it really worked well just with the style that those guys were already doing. Yeah. One thing I picked up on uh, the most recent album, um, um, Songs of Armor and Devotion, is is a technique that I that I hear a bit in the guitars, um, especially on on the opening track, Rebels and Saints. There's like a pinch harmonic sort of a, a squeal thing that you're doing that I I didn't hear on on previous records. Uh, where where and when did you pick that up? And like, what was the influence that brought that in? Is that something you're hearing on the rhythm or like on the solo? Uh, well, I mean it's. Kind of throughout the whole thing, do you sort mean? Sort like maybe like in between, like a rhythm, a guitar part. There'll be just like yeah, a little. It's on like the riff, the little runs. Uh -huh. It's on those little like riff. Sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, because um, playing the rhythms like like Rob has an inherent sort of squeal in his playing. Like he's he 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 plays with a lot of attack and almost he he almost played with more so in the in the early days. Like if you listen to Suburban, that that album, like that guitar tone is so like high end and kind of nasally and that's a that's a combination of a few things but his playing is, is a big part of that is very like squealing almost all the chords and then and then and then like really digging in so i i kind of I, I do a little less of that so it kind of 
backs it off a little bit when you hear us together. But, um, you know, the runs for sure, like when we're doing like some crazy little like lead parts, then you kind of just dig in a little more. Like you just, you, you kind of need to squeal the part a little more, mm-hmm. I guess. And, uh, yeah. So those like dual leads, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're both, they are. They are. You've got us we're, shaking we're both our to match each other on a lot of that stuff. And, um, you know, I had to adapt to match Rob's art that that's that kind of inherent thing he does. And then the type of shit I do, he's matched. So, um, so it's cool. You know, when you have a two guitar band, hopefully you're challenging each other and, and kind of showing each like, like, like showing each other a different way to do things from time to time and learn from that and, and hopefully get better from that too. Well, I'm completely obsessed with, with that record. So, um, that's cool, man. Two or more thumbs. I guess it'd just be the the way we've adapted to play to our to to each other. You know, I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's something we uh we certainly didn't like uh, discuss it or anything. It was just maybe that's coming out more in our newer albums or something. But um, you know that that that, that last record, um, the guitars sound good on it. It's not like my favorite like guitar tone ever or anything like that. I think I think everything works well as a record, but like the guitar tone isn't like doesn't like blow me away. Well, it does blow me away. So maybe I, maybe I'm just the new Ben. <laughs> That's cool, man. I'm very happy to hear that. You know, it shouldn't blow me away. I should be. I should always be trying to do something better than anything I've done. I think yeah. What what's the process like when you guys are putting songs together? I know maybe it's a bunch of different processes, but um, it could be there... uh, it could be different things where one guy comes in with something really worked out, whether it's even like demoed a little bit on a recording, or it's just like, hey, I've got these parts, like you know, and like you know, I'll learn those parts exactly how I'm shown them at first, and then as we. Uh, you know, as I start playing the song more and more, then I'll add little things. If I feel it needs this, it needs that. Maybe the guitar shouldn't do the same thing here. It should open up into a lead part or an octave or some sort of thing. Then, yeah, that shit all comes out really just organically. And it's, it's you know, we're both like, Rob lets me do whatever I want. And unless he has something very just distinctly in mind, or if it's an obvious, like, sort of thing. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's cool. Like, I don't ever, we never feel like boxed in like in our writing so so usually someone shows us like a pretty complete thing um sometimes it can be a full jam where someone just comes in with like one idea or they just start jamming something and like we just kind of start building on it right then and those things have turned out to be like the song uncoil was a song like that uh there was a song on the mm-hmm. last record it was uh shit it might have been um the demons song that was kind of like that like chris mm-hmm. had like the intro mm-hmm. thing and then it just sort of uh it just kind of grew from this thing like rob's and rob's a real jammy guy like he likes to just just play cover songs and shit he can jam with like a dude he just sits down and meets for the first time he'll jam for like 45 minutes straight you know like so i'm just like amazed <laughs> like he has the ability to just kind of like take apart and then turn it into something like he just hears shit like he has a real great ear for that where i i can i i like to take things and then take it and work on it myself for a little bit and come back with like parts worked out like i'm a little more of a introvert with my writing where Rod is very like on the spot, like he can just jam and it's a gnarly, rad fucking ability. And uh, it's where a lot of songs like that come from. You know, we've got stuff where it's just kind of based off of someone's idea. And and all kinds of shit in the middle where someone has one or two ideas 
and then we take it, we work out those two parts, and then someone throws in another part right there, someone adds a chorus, and then, you know, Jason comes in and listens to the music we put together, and he'll add, you know, if we need it to go shorter or longer, or if it's too many parts, if it's, you know, he has an idea, then we'll, we'll, we'll work out that. And then usually you get your producer involved at that point, and then they kind of like hash out if they think things should be, um, you know, anything else, anything different, any other like arrangement ideas, which is really cool to get that outside perspective sometimes. Yeah. Because you can, you know, no matter how, it's cool we all write, so like we always kind of push each other, but it's still good to have an outside perspective on someone that listens to what we're doing and can hopefully make it better than, than it was. We are nothing more than spirits in the When you guys are when you guys are at that point when Jason comes in, do, do you because he's doing a lot of lyrics? I'm yeah. imagining. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you have something that's like that's fantastic music-wise. Um, I, I just wonder what that that is like as a band when you're. I mean, I'm, maybe we'll speak specifically right here about songs of armor and devotion. Mm. Um, but the songs are the songs are deep. Thank you. Like the, the lyrics are deep. Yeah, yeah. They did a great I, job. Have, I have been in my car in tears listening <laughs> that's to Rebel. Cool, man. Hey, well, that's. Uh, I hope those are tears of joy and not disappointment. <laughs> no. yeah, it's beautiful. No, I, I think it's beautiful. I think. That's killer. That's killer. No, it's 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 just always very humbling to hear that because we're just writing shit that um you know we're trying to make ourselves stoked on it. We're just trying to write like our own little fusion of of these these styles that we dig. And then Jason's always able to come from a totally different approach and really blow us away with like the melodies and the direction he comes from. Where I come from, like a metal kind of punk background, where a lot of metal stuff, the vocal really just followed the the the, the melody of the guitar basically. You know, like if you listen to any old Iron Maiden record, like Bruce even is just kind of singing the melody of the guitar most of the time. And the hooks are almost the guitar parts and a lot of that shit. So I always just naturally expect the vocal to kind of follow the guitar. And then I'm always stoked to hear Jason come from like some totally other direction that, you know, I'm, that doesn't just follow the guitar. It, it contradicts the guitar sometime or it complements the guitar. But it just, uh, you know, it's, it's somewhere that I would have never thought to take the vocal from. So, so yeah, that's where he's great to come in and not just be like a dude that kind of just, you know, adds another layer of the same melody that's already there with the music. Like a lot of metal kind of just does that. So that's where we get like a lot more range is from him. And he has more of like an R&B kind of like classic, you know, everything from classic rock, like old school, like Motown R&B kind of style, like traditional punk, like new wave some some metal background but jason's not like as into metal as the rest of us but that's that's the great thing is he's not just coming from that metal singer direction he, he definitely challenges the music with that and um yeah i think that's what made all makes all our records you know what they are and as varied as they are yeah it sounds like you guys are very open and not like terribly strict like i know in some bands like someone writes something and it has to be exactly that way but it sounds like you guys like really give each other freedom to um attack the song yeah uh however yeah 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 um, i think so 
And I think that's why we've lasted this long too, is because, you know, we all love each other, but like, we don't hang out all together all the time. Like we're all, we have very separate lives from each other, but we need this in a way. I don't know. We all need it in our lives. And I think that creative element, the fact we all feel we can still contribute. And I, I think about that. Like, what if I had the chance to be in some really big group, you know, some really gnarly mega band, but I was just basically told to play these parts and this dude writes it. I get to play gnarly huge shows and have my own bus or whatever, but fucking I'm just playing this dude's parts. And that would, that'd be interesting. You know I mean? Sure. You, you, you want, like, you'll take the gig for sure. But like, I feel really happy being in a band that um, I do have a stamp on it and I'm able to, to really put a mark on the stuff and, and make the song better if I can. And, and that's a cool thing. And, and I'll, I'll take that at the level we're at than even having like some really larger success level, but, but not being as creatively, you know, contributing. That would be, that'd be difficult for me, I think. Yeah. It feels like that situation, like how you guys do things really um, creates a very authentic sounding, um, like everything you, you do sounds authentic, right? Like no one thinks that strung out is a bunch of phonies, right? But you also Thanks, like dude. this really, I feel creates these diehard fans that we see in the strung out world. Like yeah. people that love yeah. strung out always love strung out. It is a very honest representation. Like what you get from our albums is really like where we are at that point in our life. Cause if you listen to each record, it's like, they're all very different from each other. There's like, there's common threads through them, but they're all very different. And I think that's cause we were all very different at those times. And we're all going to do different things. Different members were contributing more or less. So, you know, there's different guys in the band at certain points. So all that shit, yeah, definitely makes it a, a different element. You know, you're, you're changing the concoction of it, the, the formula of it. So, you know, RJ brings a whole new energy to the band now. So that's apparent on the last record. Um, other records, other things were more apparent because of different reasons. So... Yeah, you know, you get a very honest representation. I think people know we maybe could have made choices, more commercial choices on our career, things like that, and and chose not to because it just never really felt right. And we, we've always done what, what feels right and, and what we really love and are willing to sacrifice everything for, which we have to do, and we do gladly. And, and we can't wait to do it more and fucking for this shit to come back. But it's, it's yeah, it's 100% just what we do. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It's just what comes natural, you know, like we don't know any other thing and it's, it's, it's flawed or very imperfect, but uh, it is what it is. And I, I'm glad it's still continuing in the form it's in. All right. Well, just to sh shift gears a little bit here, we're, uh, we're actually in San Diego, which is like pretty, pretty big into like craft beer stuff. And I've seen that you guys have a, a have a collab nice. with, um, lucky luke i've actually been been out there to the antelope valley and i've i've been in lucky luke unfortunately i wasn't able to pick up pick up any of your stuff oh, cool. but um how, how did that collaboration come yeah. about and like what was the process like uh crafted a few beers with a, yeah. a small brewery like that it's been great it's been great uh very very awesome dudes great quality stuff you know really fortunate it all worked out with them and basically, I, I give guitar lessons here and there. So I was I was giving a lesson. This guy Oscar, one of my buddies, was giving. Some, I was taking giving him lessons, and he worked for a brewery at that time. And 
we just kept in touch. And when he started working there, he kept in touch with me about doing something. So I just told him kind of what we'd be into doing, what kind of style of beers we like. You know, it was very hands-on. We got to really create the beer, the first beer with them. And uh, that was a really cool thing where I think a lot of bands that do the beer thing, they kind of just like have the band, have the label create whatever, and they just kind of throw their name on it. So that's cool. But we really were happy to get involved. I had them bring out a bunch of different samples of it, um, different beers that we liked. And because uh, we're all pretty good beer drinkers ourselves. So we just uh, really spent the time making it, making the golden ale what it was and making one that was 6.1%. So it was a little stronger than the average kind of lager beer. It's a, it's a Kolsch style beer, Mm -hmm. which is like a German beer. So yeah, it's really killer and 6.1%. It's nice. You can have a couple of them, three or four and you feel good. And um, then we went on and did two more with them and we did an IPA. It's like a hazy IPA. It's really nice. It's the armor IPA that we call it. Yeah. And it is, let me look, I'm looking really quick. I think it's 8.4. It's, it's like a double. No, it's 8.0. It's 8. 8.0. So yeah, that's a nice one. And then we also at the same time put out the Devotion Citrus Wheat. So it's like a two, two set, you know, double set. And that one is 6.4. So, and that one's really nice. That's my favorite of all of them is the Citrus Wheat. So you have 6.1, 6.4, and then 8.0. And we'll be making those through them, you know, continuously now out of their tap rooms and available through craftshack.com. And they may be sold out right now, but they get them in there. They put them back in there pretty often. And then just get a bunch of stores, you know. Yeah, they are currently sold out, but I definitely, next time I'm out there, I'll definitely pick some up because I assume they've got them in stock if you're actually out there. Yeah, yeah. See, if they do, they may have sold out of those two new ones because with the times and everything and with things all fucked up, they didn't want to like produce more and then have it like, you know, sitting there. So we, we, I know we sold out the first batch they made and I hope they made a second batch, but it may, it may be sold out at this point. So, um, but yeah, please check with them. If not the, the golden ale, that'll be, that, that's yeah. always going, going down. Oh, that's always being made. I definitely want to give it a go. Uh, and, and cheers for sure. Thanks for uh, sharing about that. Yeah, dude, it's awesome, man. It's been a dude, like what a cool thing to get to make and and you know, to get to make music is like a, a wonderful thing in itself, but for that to bring about upon like a beer fucking company, like for us to get to do that, like that is so fucking awesome. Is, and I want to do more shit, you know. So other than the connection with with uh, the guy that you were giving lessons to and him him being an employee there at Lucky Luke now, um is Lucky Luke somewhere close to to home for you? They're not too far. They're Palmdale and then Lancaster. So, I mean, that's, it's like an hour and something from LA where we all are, okay. you know, we, we all grew up in Simi Valley when we all moved out of there and that Simi Valley would be like an hour from there in LA and like an hour and a half. So, but we're close enough to where we can meet with the guys. We can go out to their place, check out their whole canning, you know, center, check out their whole, you know, process, which we've done. We shot a video with them out at their tap room and their, their brewery. Oh. So yeah, super fun like that. They're like in the area and they're not out of state or something like that. All right, cool. Cool, cool. Yeah. Hey, Jake, you can't see us right now, right? No, no. I, I don't think I have my video thing on. Can you turn it on for like, I don't know, two seconds? Yeah, hold on. Okay, yeah, now it's on. Yeah, so if you can see on my uh, camera, we've got these koozies that we've made up, and we would love yeah. to uh, send you one if you give us your address here 
Uh, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, absolutely. I'll just ship you the the address and the email. I'd love to have some. We'll Thank send you. you some political pamphlets as well. <laughs> just, we'll send you, yeah. all the ones that come yeah. to my house. I'm gonna forward to your address. So just <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So don't share yeah, your address with us. <laughs> I'll take it all. Mormon, Mormon books, Scientology pamphlets. Fuck it. If you want to avoid that, you can give us like a PO box or maybe Jason's address, and we'll send it to him. Right. And tell him to it. I'll give you Jordan's address. You can send me Yeah, there we go. Whoever you, whoever you want, whoever you want us to troll, give us that address. Yeah. But oh. yeah, no worries, man. Hey, Jake. So, so that I'm, I'm assuming in some way that helps support the band. If in no other way, it just like keeps it like people want this well yeah you know? yeah it's been a really cool thing and um financially it's been somewhat you know we made something off it it's 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 small time to where you can't really get it out of california like it's a it's a kind of a outside of craft shack craft shack can ship it but otherwise like you can't really get in the stores because there's all these like local alcohol laws and it has to go through like the alcohol tobacco like people in every state and it's just kind of a pain in the ass and, and especially getting it to like canada or australia or other big markets for us there it, it could do really well but just getting it there has been really you know a pain in the ass so it's kind of just a fun thing that we're able to yeah you know sell it at our shows in the southern california area we we have uh, kegs of it at the shows and shit like that so so it's kind That's of just awesome. a fun thing that we can do. And it's, you know, at this point, kind of a just fun novelty thing. But uh, we'd like it to keep growing, absolutely. Totally. How else? I mean, I know you, you had a record a year ago. Yeah. Um, a little, and, and shows are <laughs> not happening right now. How, how can people support the band? Well, you know, there's not too much. You, we have an online store. It's like strungoutofficial.com. You can go on there and you can buy, you know, we're selling like shirts and masks and, and all the all the going shit. But, uh, you know, pick up a shirt if you don't mind. But otherwise, there's uh, not a whole lot you can really do. Just wait around for this stuff and, and come out to shows once it's back. And, uh, yeah. you know. That's, How about hitting up Fat Rec? Yeah, yeah. Support Fat, absolutely. Go on there and, and buy something. Get Get them, you know help them out because they definitely have helped all of us out and uh you know it's it's hard times for everybody it's it's just weird yeah. because you, you feel it like i'm so used to being gone half the year and so conditioned to touring half the year basically that i feel it not being out there like it's weird and i just keep thinking like i got fired or something and like i'm not doing it like and i'm missing all this shit but then I start thinking, oh yeah, that's it's, it's no one's going to do this. Like everyone's just in the same fucking boat. So, you right. know, yeah. you, you feel a little better. Like okay, like you know, we're all coming back. Like it is, it is. But dude, it is weird <laughs> not having a date to like look forward to, and not having any shows to look look forward to. It's, yeah, it's certainly. And and dude, if I'm off for like a year and a half, like it doesn't matter if you like run and and work out and all this shit. It, it, playing on stage is a totally different thing. And not doing that for two years is going to be fucking weird going back to that. And, you know, I was 44 when I stopped. I'll be like 46 probably when I start. And, you know, you notice it when you get older. You got you guys are hanging out with Fat Mike and DJ Quick and in the backyard. I know. I think we will be. <laughs> yeah, I think we will be soon. All right. But, but yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's it. You know, you just got to 
be active and you know it's just weird because doing this it, it's it gives you like a purpose when you know people are stoked on coming to your show so it's like okay i'm not totally wasting on my life like i get jackson guitars at 60 percent off and people want to see my band like okay I, I could be doing worse but then it's yeah, like, a lot worse yeah but then it's just <laughs> like shit like when you don't have anything it's like what am I learning? You know, like I, I'm, I'm trying to work on like the Bill and Ted's, like fucking uh, the guitar thing, like in the middle of Bill and Ted's when they're like at the mall and shit. It's this yes. fucking extreme. Like that band Extreme is his fucking thing. So, anyways, I'm just trying to learn all these like shreddy things because there's like not much else to do. So, man, you brought up Bill and Ted. This is a great interview. Yeah, yeah. I, I got excited for the favorite new one. movie of all time. I haven't seen the new one. I'm kind of scared to see it. They look all old and like looks like it's. They look really old. I mean, I so know. Ted Keanu looks like Keanu, but Bill looks like shit. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't know if I want to see him look like dads and stuff like that. So. It's a good movie though. It, is it good? So this is like a. It's good. It's a big part of my life. Yeah, I liked it, Jesse. Jesse, you're in the air conditioning. I liked it. I'm, wag- I'm wagging my finger. I was pretty disappointed, but don't let my disappointment. Stop, stop you from seeing it because you have you have to see it right. i consider thank you you have to see it i consider this is mike i consider myself a bill and ted connoisseur like to the most i have i have a bill and ted wild stallion tattoo on my back oh right right yeah so i'm in it oh, yeah. um but i yeah I, I love the bill and ted drop dude yeah they're great dude that movie was fucking awesome to me i remember like yeah being so stoked on it and like rufus and fucking you know, when, when it went into that part in the mall and like Beethoven's like fucking playing it, I was just like, dude, that's like the sickest guitar. I'd, I'd probably been playing guitar for like a year at that point. So I couldn't really do shit. <laughs> I could like play Led Zeppelin shit. So like, you know, it was like a, a goal to like get to that point. So now it's like fun to like be able to kind of do it. And, you know, not that I can do it like that yet, but I'm getting there. <laughs> you know? Totally. I don't have anything else to do. So, yeah, I, I was wondering. So I, I asked a question earlier about just like, you you come to this music from like a metal background. I know you're a big Van Halen fan, right? Right. Um, but you also have mentioned you know punk bands and hardcore and some other stuff. Yeah. Uh, a big part of what we talk about is just kind of like where it's headed. Yeah. And we're seeing that collaborations in different ways and the genre kind of splitting and changing and uh-huh. and there's some weird stuff where people think some stuff is like like some stuff sucks. Uh huh. When really it's music um sure well, yeah, so i just wonder like y- like your thoughts about like you know where is this all headed because you guys represent like a shift right like i i i grew up like a huge stefan edgerton fan right like huge. oh yeah and i like oh this this crazy melodic guy with these weird things he's doing yeah and so beautiful mm-hmm. um and that was a change from like three chord punk rock totally totally uh and then you're out there you guys are just like dual lead shredding like a punk rock version of Boston or something. <laughs> yeah, right? Like these cool. like beautiful, like ringing out solos, like, like chasing yeah. each other. Um, where, where, where do you think we're going? Yeah. Well, no, that's, that's cool. Thanks. Um, the Steven Eggerson thing is awesome because he for sure is a huge influence for me becoming interested in punk rock guitar, like not thinking it's just the Ramones and, and, and stuff that's basically bar chords and, 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 and very limited, guitar abilities when i first heard descendants i was like holy shit like here's a band that has great musicianship like this dude's ripping and like these chords are awesome and weird so yeah dude that guy him chris hannah from propagandi 
Fletcher from Pennywise, like, you know, Fat Mike, all the no effects dudes, like those dudes were like, okay, shit, like this, this type of punk rock is completely like challenging and is, is very metal based. <laughs> it's very metal, metal esque, but also more just right to the parts that I like. And, but, but then the songs were better than like metal songs, you know, like it was cool to hear the vocals, not just following the guitar, like I was talking about and, and way more interesting shit. So yeah, Descendants, yeah, him. And for me, uh, where it's going, I don't know, like it's all become nostalgic to where everything has gone backwards over the last five years, but with pretty good success. Like if you think about like our last couple records, Lagwagon's last couple records, the last couple good riddance records like all really good records but like very nostalgic like back to like our early days kind of sound shit and um and that's cool that's what people want to hear from us kind of like we, we we put out records that were more weird and they didn't like do as well so people want the the bands that they grew up liking and and dude i get that like i love it when metallica do a, a song that sounds like their old shit or if, you know, Maiden do something that sounds like fucking Number of the Beast, like, that's fucking what I want, too. So I, I totally get it. So I think the nostalgic thing is, like, this anchor that everyone has. Like, Lagwag wrote that fucking Bubble song about it. Like, it's, it's that exact thing. So because of that, I think you'll see some growth, but I think a lot of it's going to be kind of, like, just treading the, the water. Hopefully high-quality treading, but sort of just kind of doing like you know but i don't know for our next record dude i i would love to do something completely gnarlier I, i'd like it to be the most aggressive thing i'd like it to be the heaviest we we have four brand new musical songs that we put together in the last few months that we just sent to jason so we're waiting for him to write to him but they're pretty fucking heavy like some of the most aggressive shit definitely way gnarlier than anything on the last record so so and then we all have way more ideas i have another fucking five songs easy that I could show the guys right now. I'm sure they have about the same. So we could get together and in a month have another like 15 to 20 songs. And, <laughs> and but, but you know, you don't want, we have, we can wow. write that in a month or two, but we don't need to like, I don't want to just like make it like a, a fucking assembly line. Like you need to really challenge yourselves. Right. I don't think we challenged ourselves as hard as we could have on the last record. We were just really in a mode and that mode was just kind of like cranking on like pretty I don't know. Like, it's a good record, but I don't think it, like, breaks a lot of ground. So I, I feel um, we could break more ground. I think we're all more comfortable. RJ is way gnarlier now and way more of a contributor than he even was then. But, you know, off the bat, he was, like, putting a stamp on shit. So we can write shit really fast. You know, we can get, like, a song done a day if we, like, you know, really want to get in there and, and crank it out. So for us, I can say I think we have some ability in us to do something pretty creative with this next record. And it'll be strung out. You know, it's going to be aggressive. I don't think maybe we'll have like an acoustic intro or something, but I don't think you'll be getting another like acoustic record out of us for a while. Like, I think this shit is like pretty hardcore fucking everyone's pissed off and like pent up right now. And like, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, there's a ton of shit. Like if it was up to me, it would just be fucking straight, really brutal. So but we'll, we'll see, you know, it's, it's going to be it'll be good. It'll be hopefully a, a combination of our last record and other things we've done and hopefully like 70% like familiar and like 30% like brand new, like shit we've never done. Yeah. Is that a, a, a common feeling right now in the band? I mean, is that influencing the music? Just the current kind of, I think everyone's pretty like pent up with things and just ready to like 
you know, yeah, do something gnarly. We and plus we have a lot of songs from like the last record that didn't get used, like musical songs, like like three or four musical pieces that didn't get used from that, like two or three from the record before that didn't get used. So we can always sit there and like just recycle like old arrangements if we wanted. But it's kind of like if it didn't catch fire like that first time, you we you put the batch out there. Is it really gonna do it the second time, like four years later? You know, maybe maybe you can take a part mm-hmm. from it. You can take like the intro and like rewrite the verse or something. So we have, we have a ton of material. Like that's certainly not an issue. We have, you know, more than enough material. It's just the last record's not even that old. So do we just like at this no. point kind of forget it and just go, okay, that was that. And we tore it off at one cycle and that's cool. Like we did that at least, but now like we're doing a new record and it'll be out maybe before the next tour even starts you know it's it's possible like it's kind of up to the label and stuff and there's no real reason to release a record right now so it's not like we're like all like normally we would be like pretty gung-ho on writing we'd be looking to record and put something out in like january like record in january that was that was the old plan but now we're not gonna be recording january we're not gonna be recording probably all next year you know, all next year will be up in the air and we'll just be doing makeup shows for all next year. Maybe record a next record the following January, maybe, but it's so hypothetical. It's like maybe it, it only depends on if the label wants to give us funding for it or do we want to pay for it ourselves? Are there any, are any studios even going to be open who can afford to do it? You know, it's, it, are these dudes, totally. it, there's so many like weird who knows type of things and i feel bad for bands that like just put out their record like a month or two ago or or you know had it scheduled to come out in april and then it came out no one could do shit behind it like that sucks you know i feel bad for bands like that and i feel bad for bands that were like on their last leg like doing like farewell tours for like you know the next year or something had planned and and maybe they're like older dudes and that was kind of like their last time to like be able to do it and now it's just fucking done for them so like that's 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 a bummer you know so we just uh we just had slick shoes on last week oh right and they they just released a record this week or a couple days ago nice like when we're recording this Um, that's cool that they have someone and yeah it's like hey (laughs) yeah after 17 years we're like yeah all right right record yeah Um, timing you know that's just the whole thing uh, yeah and we've had a couple of bands on that released records during the during this time and yeah it's just i don't know how you support it it's it's tough i mean you can like download it or buy it like whatever you can do that way but like that's the whole thing no one ever made like enough money off your record to like live or like be a band like all the record did was pay for pave the way for you to play more shows and get more people coming and then hopefully the record like would give you enough money to like buy plane tickets to like travel on and stuff you know you could like fun things with that income but it was never enough to be like oh cool we can take the year off and just live off record sales so and especially now so it's, it's weird dude it's, it sucks for those bands like it all makes me just go slayer like fucking did it perfect like those motherfuckers like played their last show like was it even it was like january something or maybe it was like last thanksgiving or something like last late last year and uh they just they just called it quits <laughs> they're like we're fucking done and they were quite retired yeah they retired 2019 and they look so yeah. fucking everyone was like dude no way they're coming back and even i was like how are they not gonna be able to like come back like to do gnarly tours like it just seems like that temptation would be so gnarly to like keep touring when you're that big but uh hey it fucking worked out good for them dude 
here to slay you. Here's the fucking Slayer. Um, I had just like a my own little guitar nerdy question. Um, I know I know you play Jacksons. Yeah. Um, Amongst them. On, on the among yeah sure, and I've seen some shows where you have some other stuff up there. Um, a- after the guitar, what's what's the signal chain or what what's the go to pieces of your of your signal chain? Oh, super simple right now. I've just been running whatever guitar into just a uh, Line Six wireless the 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 g80 or the g50 i have a g80 rack mount but i don't use the rack anymore so i just have the g50 it's like literally the little like pedal sized fucking little like talent show wireless like it's so small (laughs) and little but dude it kills it like it never cuts out it sounds great it's digital so like there's super yeah you run all over the place too man it's good like you're you're all over yeah we all kind of get around so you know it really matters to to not all be on cables if if me and chris are both on cables then it's pretty fucked and then jason gets in the middle of one of us for sure so yeah like the wireless it's so worth it the the g50 it's like 300 bucks and dude I'm, i'm telling you it doesn't cut out it's rad the 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 receipt or the transmitter on the strap that thing's a little faulty like that'll kind of like the battery will kind of get loose sometime and it'll cut out on you but otherwise dude it's rad so i just go that right into the kemper i have a kemper profiler so i just go right into that and then i use a cabinet because i like to have the cabinet on stage but now i have in-ears with these molds i got made these jh audio molds which are so tight and like gnarly that i literally am deaf when those things are in like i don't hear anything that's not coming through our signal that's going into our ears so i i like a cabinet on stage but i don't even need the cabinet now because i literally can't hear if it's on or off like it's I, I can't feel it or anything but you know we have some orange cabinets that we run the kemper out of and then the kemper just goes into the house so i have a very simple setup it's literally wireless into the kemper and then into the cabinet and I have a couple of effects in the Kemper that I turn on and off, but uh, generally that's it. And otherwise, I had an EVH fifty one fifty that I was running um, some MXR stuff and a ISP decimator noise gate, a compressor, um, some Seymour Duncan effects. They make a really nice delay, the vapor trail. So I had a bunch of shit like that going into the EVH, but um, then the EVH kind of crapped out, so I started using the Kemper, and then uh, I just want to get the EVH fixed again. But the Kemper has been incredibly like reliable and just painless. It's so nice. That's awesome. I love how Aaron was just kind of like, I don't know what language he, they're speaking right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, yeah. I, I haven't bought a piece of musical equipment in 20 years. So literally, <laughs> I understand the brands, but yeah. <laughs> It's mostly the same. It's mostly the same, you know, but now you can buy like video game amps that just, they have like all these built in. It's like a PS4, but it's all amps. So I can just like dial through all these different amps if I want. And then, you know, that's like, it's a digital like simulator, but it recreates the amp perfectly to my ear. And when you're in the, and when you're in the mix and you're coming through the speakers in the room, and with the room sound, like, I don't, I don't know, dude. Some guys, like, swear that they notice a difference, but I really can't. And in the big picture, it's so easy. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, I don't care. I don't give a fuck if it sounds a little worse, actually. I like the fact it sounds worse. I 
had to nerd out. Yeah, I had dude. to just know. Yeah, it's a simple setup these days. I mean, it's yeah. Know, it's, I mean, uh, it's easy. Yeah, and it's always been that like the punk rock. There's like the punk rock thing, and then the guitar fix sometimes has to come from outside. Sometimes. Sure. Um, you guys have always just been kind of like that that sweet spot of. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, we never really were too guys, concerned. Yeah. yeah, those guys always had a huge guitar sound. You know, Fletcher always had a huge guitar sound. Like, I don't know, a lot of punkers like think that you can't have too big of a guitar sound because I guess that's just metal and that's like the antithesis of the whole thing. But to me, I like the blending of the two styles together. And we like, you know, good guitar sounds. And that was something that we, we never really shied away from, even on the early records. And that we came from that background and yeah dude it's 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 cool it, it's kept us being able to, to keep growing as players and and uh yeah hopefully keep it exciting for for a listener and for us as players but you never know you know some people will probably i think it's you know it's not for everybody that's for sure yeah i think i saw in an interview you mentioned that um uh punk and metal are kind of like stepbrothers yeah uh, and uh, i think that's uh totally true I mean, I remember when I was, you know, I got into punk in like 97, I think 97, 98. And uh, at that time it was like, you're either in a punk or you're in a metal. Like it couldn't be, um, couldn't be any other way. Um, they kind of just hated each yeah. other. Yeah. In, in the eighties, right. I think it was even worse. In the eighties, yeah. like, you know, it was basically, you couldn't even have long hair and go to like a punk show, you know, it was just like super, like <laughs> you had to really conform to like one or the other and, and yeah, it was very much, and, and it was almost like you get your ass kicked otherwise. Right, and that's ironic because in punk, you're supposed to like be able to do whatever the hell you want, right? Well, that would be the the definition of it. Definition of it, but uh, it just yeah, a lot of people there, there's so many purists in it, and that's true of you know all sorts of styles. But yeah, definitely in punk rock, there's a lot of that, and you know it's almost like they look down at you if you're too good of a player and stuff like that so you, you know it was kind of like not cool to be like doing guitar solos and all these things but we just it sounds better in, in the song than not having it there you know <laughs> oh absolutely yeah, and, and we've gotten past it we've gotten past the like it's not cool to try yeah way way long ago. you know but in the 90s dude, it was like in the 90s it kind of felt like okay like we're almost pushing the boundary like doing like all these like pull off like like too close to see like that solo and stuff like it was like wait a minute this is like borderline like shreddy like and so I, I, we kind of stopped like pushing ourselves. We we're kind of like, we're just as good as we need to be. Like, so I, I feel I neglected my playing for like years just due to that. Like due to the fact that I just had to like get to be as good as Rob. And then once I was that good, it was like, well, I don't really need to like push it anymore. Like, you know, we're already like kind of on the boundary of like being tasteless with this shit. So like, you know, at least, you know, let's just keep it here. But then once like, things got like the, the whole level got stepped up it seems you know like in the 2000s like way more people started playing like better and like there's a lot more flashy players so it became more of like okay cool i can get back into the shit that i was playing like you know 10 years ago now or 15 years ago and and try to uh get back to my roots a little more which i did and so now you hear a lot of that more you know van halen a metal kind of background even probably more so than on those early records but uh yeah, we just, yeah, no one really gives a shit at all anymore. All right, well, well, we 
we've got you down as as defining punk as do whatever the hell you want. Yeah, that was always it. Because I mean, sometimes that, that's something that coming up here occasionally is like, well, what's punk and, and how does it steer from other genres? What makes it so unique? Well, it's, it's do whatever the hell you want. Yeah, totally right. It could be, you know, I mean, like New Wave was considered punk, ska is considered punk, you know, Misfits Metallica was kind of considered punk, like you know, back in their like first inception. So it's, it's all it's more the attitude than the musical <laughs> musical sound. Do you think? So, Jake, you you are a tone guy. You care about this. You want your guitar to sound a certain way. Yeah. Do you think this the the improvement in production has also pushed this? Like, I to bring up Descendants again. Like, like, um, you know, you, you guys have worked Blasting Room before, I believe. When, you know, we never have. That's the one place we haven't actually. It's. Oh, you haven't? Okay. Yeah. That's I thought you had stuff like mastered there or something. We like may that. have, no, not something, but yeah, I never recorded there. Um, but I just remember when I was a kid, that was like the dream. Yeah. Like, you know, when I was in high school, it was like, oh, man, we want to record the blasting room. It was like, yeah, oh, those that's dudes, like the sure. spot. For sure. Um, and it also, I feel like it represented a a pivot point, kind of, of like, hey, guys, we're not just, nothing wrong with recording in your garage or your whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's right. like, here's this band that we all know, and now they've got this thing going. Yeah. And it's and the whole point is like let's make it sound great. Oh, totally. And so like and now yeah yeah and now you can do that a lot of places. Totally. Um, do you do you feel like do you feel like that has pushed you as well? Just the quality of the recordings. I think uh, I think it's easier to get that crazy level recording for cheaper and and much more. Yeah, you can find dudes getting that level of recording out of their bedrooms now. So yeah, I mean it's more accessible, but I don't think it necessarily it's it still really comes from the artist um it's made it much more must let sorry much less fatiguing like sitting there having to do like 20 takes of something because you keep flubbing like some part or or having to wait for someone to finish their takes because they keep flubbing some fucking that shit sucked dude and that was exhausting and you're all sitting there you're paying by the hour in some big ass studio like that shit was stressful so <clears throat> it's kind of nice that that's gone like now you're just like you're in there. You got all the time in the world. You're, you're, you know, you you can just punch something in and clean it up. So you can just like fix the parts, like piece at a piece. You know, if, if you want to do that, just one little piece at a time. And it just, uh, it yeah, I think you can push yourself. You, you can make yourself overproduce. I think, and and probably do so much that it's like almost hard to like do it live. You know, add, add so many things that it's like unrealistic to even like try to do it live you know and some people you know can probably get into that trap but it's uh i think you know it ultimately comes down to the artist you know and, and the producer the person working the you know the system and just because they know how to record doesn't you know they, they don't know music or how to like really work with an artist and that's super important i think it really comes down to more of just you know the the chemistry between whoever the the engineer is and, but I, I think you can, like, I think Transmission Alpha Delta sounds better. And we did that with Kyle Black in a small little studio. But he's, you know, got this killer ear. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knew how to get the sounds he wanted and the sounds we wanted. And I think that record sounds better than some of the older records that we spent 10 times the money on and 10 times, you know, the going into these big studios, way more expense, but just less, you know, creative everyone's more stressed on the budget and stuff so it was like less creatively fulfilling and uh 
so yeah, you can get a lot of great things done, you know, and, and I look at that as like, you know, a really cool experience for us having all the time with Kyle to, to spend on that record. And I think that's why it turned out really, really good is the time. We, we happen to have like, you know, four or five months that we could work on it with him. Yeah, I was going to mention, uh, we, we just did a couple episodes going through our top 10 albums of the last decade, like the, you know, 2010 to 2019. Oh, nice. Uh, and and Transmission Alpha Delta was, was in the top 10. Whoa, that's cool, man. Yeah. Crazy, thanks. Dude. That's that's cool. I mean, it's one of my favorites. It's, <clears throat> excuse me, it's my favorite sounding record of ours. And, uh, you know, I think it was just a really good time. Like, we were all on the same page, you know, to make that happen. Cool. Jake, well, uh, we are coming up on an hour here. We don't want to take up too much of your time. Um, right on, dudes. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, so we greatly appreciate uh, your coming on the show. And, uh, you know... Thanks for having me. Like you got we, it. We, we talked about earlier, what we really... The focus of this is kind of like how punk has evolved and like come from kind of rock and metal roots and uh, yeah. different genres like coming off the punk tree. So... Um, one thing we would like to know is, is there like a genre or subgenre within punk that you think is underappreciated um, that more people need to explore or maybe even just like some bands or something? I mean, well, you know, there's so many great bands that don't get the attention they deserve. It's, I don't even know where to start, um, but just uh, these days, it's cool. You can you can find more on your own. You, you don't need the labels to like tell you this is what to listen to or not. So there's so much more out there. It's really just kind of getting out there and looking for it. Um, there's some really cool European bands. You know, uh, this band For Us. They're like a French band, really technical, really interesting band. Um, Satanic Surfers. You guys have probably heard them. They're really oh, yeah. cool. Um, a lot of good stuff from Europe and Sweden is always coming out. That's really interesting. I, I like the more technical kind of stuff, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but, but you know, there's great shit in all styles. And not, I don't know, like as a whole, as a genre, like the whole fat rec early fat record scene, like, you know, obviously we grew up a part of that and it's been very influential, but it, it never really gets any appreciation when people talk about it, like punk rock as a whole and things. Like, they, they generally talk about, you know, the 70s and the 80s kind of, you know, scene. And then it, it goes to the 90s, but it usually goes Nirvana, you know, then to Rancid and then to like Blink and then to like, then to like the really, really poppy shit, like Good Charlotte or something. So it's like, yeah, it's just yeah. interesting how like, I mean, that's just mainstream view on it. But yeah. I constantly am seeing this mainstream perception of a scene that we were certainly there on the ground building and watching happen and seeing success for a lot more bands than just those bands. And maybe not on the commercial level, but you know what? If you're talking about punk rock, you shouldn't be talking about the fucking commercial oh, aspect really. of it. So, you know, yeah. so in that regard, and like, don't even get me started on like guitar magazines and shit like that. And the, <laughs> the amount of lack of fucking any appreciation for bands like Propagandi and Lagwagon oh, and yeah. Arcade and even No Effects, you know, and, and Pennywise, you know, let alone what we've done. Um, you never see those motherfuckers, any of them, get any appreciation in that magazine and all it is is just the same fucking dudes are talking about the same fucking old old cats that sure wrote the book but dude what about and and it's just 
it used to be you had to be on a major label to get in those magazines and now i feel it's still all about like well you don't have the numbers on your fucking facebook or you don't have this bullshit aspect because it's always you know it's, it's always something that gets on there that's not that like this guitar player come on like look at some of these groups out there putting like a wilhelm scream you know fucking put them in there oh yeah so no, there's a there's a whole thing like lack of like appreciation for what I see a scene that rivals the '80s metal scene as far as guitar chops and technicalities in a lot of ways, and are some of the last great guitar playing bands with so many bands dropping off, so many older bands retiring, and, and dudes that maybe can't really do it for much longer. Like we're some of like the last dudes holding down like this type of shit before it became like the 2000s kind of pop punk version and then like the the 2010s like just indie rock shit where you're not gonna find a dude playing anything but a telecaster at coachella now and you'll like you'll be lucky if he knows three fucking chords so it's like that's <laughs> that's just kind of where shit is with guitar today so i don't know it's just i feel like our we're like this our, our whole scene was just overlooked but but you know what that's kind of what keeps it cool like you want if it was really big if it was really you know, everyone thinks like their favorite band is, is underrated and it's not that dude. Like the only people that are truly underrated are the musicians that never got to make a record yeah. and never got to like play a show. You know, it, it, like if I've, I've gotten to tour off this dude, I've gotten to do all this shit. I'm not saying I'm underrated or anything like that, but it's, um, it's just a thing of like, you know, I look at the dudes I grew up worshiping and loving and I'd be nice to see them get like, some some more praise and some more like you know put them into the the big picture of guitar players over the last 30 years 40 years well that's so perfect for you to bring that to bring that around full circle you mentioned like where where is the genre going and earlier you mentioned that it was going uh towards like this sort of nostalgic thing like getting some of the sounds and type of stuff back from from late 80s early 90s including yeah uh, fat record sort of stuff and then and then it's like, what, what's being underappreciated right now or what's not getting what it deserves? And you just brought it right back around and said, like, some of this fat, fat record stuff or even these European bands, just, it was just great to, to hear you bring it bring it well, back to all of that. No, it's, well, thanks, dude. It's just totally true. And I mean, in my opinion, I just think, uh, you know, there's not to say, like, I'm just happy to see people come to shows. And that, that at the end of the day, it's all about who's coming to your shows, press and, and all that publicity shit. That was never like an interest for really any of our bands. It, it didn't exist in the nineties. Once it started, once they started getting featured in magazines, it was just kind of like, I don't know. It just, it, it was never an interest. It was more of just who's coming to the fucking shows. How many shows can we play a year? I don't, I, I don't want to, you know, minimize what any other bands have done, but for us, it was just all, all about touring and, and just being in front of people and making that connection. So yeah, dude, we just can't wait for that aspect of it to come back around. Just the live thing, and yeah. that's at the end of the day, that's it, man. That's all we care well, about. Well, you put a really, you really right. put a really appropriate, humble spin on it. But in our book, uh, you and and strung out totally legends in the scene for for decades. Absolutely, that's really cool, man. I, I, well, hopefully, uh, we're just paying tribute to so many dudes that stoked us. So it's really cool that we can be like the next link to inspire like you know if some other kids get into it somehow through our scene then that's fucking really cool that's great yeah, that's really cool so thank you guys very much i appreciate it i can't you know i can't say thanks enough for for allowing us to get to do this and still caring about a band like us that you know after all this time and uh you know we're we're, we're super psyched it's just a weird fucking limbo 
And it's weird having what I feel is our best lineup and what we have the ability to be our most intense, you know, year and for it to just, you know, but, but then I just go, okay, wait, it's not just us. It's fucking everybody is in this situation. Like, Oh yeah. We're all going through this. So it's, it's, it's going to be an amazing thing when it comes back. So we just have to be patient, man. Just yeah. Keep, uh, keep up the chops. You know, I, I got to stop doing the yeah. fried chicken and uh, put down, <laughs> put down the nunchucks and, uh, you know, start taking care of the guitar a little more. Cool. Well, as soon as you can play a show, we'll, we'll try and hit you up because we'd love to, We'd love to maybe get together with you guys at a show, you know, and do oh, like yeah. a quick ch- Please. or something. Throw, yeah, you guys got my email. So, so yeah. when, when it comes back, yeah. you know, when, when I think we'll all be very stoked about it. So, yeah, dude, please email me and I'll, I'll, I'll give you guys all in for sure. Please. Yeah, that'd be great. Cool. And uh, so for our listeners, Jake, you mentioned um, earlier that we should expect a uh, live stream of Strung Out pretty soon, right? Yeah, we'll be making an announcement, I would say, in the next week or two from and now. You'll, you'll put that out in, like, uh, Instagram or... Uh... Yeah, yeah, like, whatever. I mean, Instagram, Facebook, all the all the horrible platforms that people get their information from these days. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll combat that with a little bit of, you know, truth and, and real information about yes. us, about the live stream. And it won't just be us. It looks like it's going to be a thing with a few people. So, awesome. you know, I can't really announce more than that right now. But uh, from, you know, oh, maybe even by the time this comes out, it'll be a thing people know about. But uh, yeah, hopefully here in the next month or two. So it should be cool. That's yeah. Great. So put some positive stuff on social media for once. <laughs> yes. We need some strung out. Can we please? Yeah, that's what that's, <laughs> you know, it'll be nice. Yeah. So awesome, dudes. Well, thank you guys all very much. I appreciate it. All right. It. Thank all you right. so Jake. much, man. You have a great night. All right, dudes. All right. Take it easy. All right. See you guys. Bye. Right. Later. Hey, everybody. We want to thank Jake Kiley for hanging out with us um, and catching up on all things strung out. Um, we'd love to connect with more of you at home. And so if you guys um, have a chance, you can follow us on Instagram at punk.tree. You can also find us on the Facebook and on the, uh, on the Twitter, uh, most other places as well. Uh, just search for the punk tree. We should pop up. Um, and as always, we are a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. There's a bunch of great shows um, on Pantheon if you want to check it out. Um, there's new podcasts being added all the time, all of them focused around uh, music, stories of bands, and, uh, and history, um, and there's some really, really cool stuff you can dig into. So until we, uh, we get to share with you guys again, be excellent to each other, and thanks for joining us on The Punk Tree. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. 
and why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.